Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. This is one of our instant reaction podcasts, so light on the production value. Uh, just want to respond to the recently released schedule put out by the ACC this evening. Uh, Monday night, Bud and I are recording right around 8.30, 8.45 or so, just giving you a quick uh, immediate impression of what we see. And um, I certainly won't steal the thunder here, Bud, but this looks to be about as generous a uh, schedule as one could hope for. Maybe, you know, not as uh, generous with the wonderful partnerships that we have with all of our sponsors and a big tip of the hat to them uh, as we jump into this. But the good people at Louisiana Hot Sauce, Tarpon Cellars, uh, the dynamic team of Chad and Shannon, uh, and always uh, Matt Lewis and his team at Congruity. Big tip of the hat to them for everything that they do to help us structure the Nolcast. And uh, with that, Bud, we can get into a conversation about the definitive structure of Florida State's 2022 football schedule. But, but I think you really nailed it, man. I mean, if you asked uh, Mike Norvell to draw up a, a schedule, would he have done much different? Given the if the opponents were fixed and, and only the dates uh, were were in debate, I really don't know that Mike would have done this a whole lot differently. Uh, some things before we get into the the game by game breakdown uh, that I want to hit right off the top with you. You don't play anybody coming off a of bye. That's kind of cool. Now we'll get into this. A couple teams have a a bit of an easier opponent, uh, maybe an extra day or two of rest by virtue of playing on a Thursday or Friday night. But nobody gets a bye week before you. That's kind of cool. Uh, you did get that second bye week, like we talked about two episodes ago. You, you went ahead and played the week zero game, which means you get the second bye week, and there was some wrangling that had to be done there. Uh, if you wanted to get that second bye week and then not have to play uh, like Clemson and LSU back-to-back, potentially, and they got their wish on that. Uh, you don't play any cold-weather games. And the Northern teams that come to Dope Campbell, for the most part, are playing in September, including, well, we'll get into it in a second, Boston College. This is this is kind of exactly what you want. This is the recipe, I think, to potentially overachieve if, if you're going to go ahead and shoot that gap and, and maybe do better than I personally think that I will project them uh, to do, man. This, is, this really lines up uh, potentially pretty well. I completely agree. And one, I think that people probably, you know, make too much out of situations like this. And <laughs> thanks for joining us and listening to us make too much out of it. So uh, I don't <laughs> want to make, uh, you know, jump to too many conclusions. But hey, look, even in the part of the schedule where you go and you're like, well, you know, playing, uh, traveling to NC State and playing Clemson back to back, that's tough. Those are two games that I don't think you're you're winning this year regardless. I mean, I, I, I don't chalk them up as as full L's, but uh, I just think the way that this situates itself is really quite generous, and you have a chance to do, obviously, you got a chance to be preparing for everybody, um, and it's not as though you needed the release of this schedule to do that, but you have a chance to do real deep dives into the LSU and Louisville uh, games over the course of the summer and try to prepare as much as possible uh, for that Louisville team that gave you so much trouble last year um, as far as the first half, at least, and we can forever debate about the second half. But uh, I think you've got a really nice setup, and 
you know, by week five, you're going to have a pretty good idea as to what kind of team you have, the general trajectory of the program. Um, and this sets up, you know, look, there's only so many ways this was going to shake out, right? You've got, um, you know, some of these teams in conference have pretty definitive places where they have to land on the schedule. Um, but when we started to hear about kind of the four or five different groupings of the schedule and how it could play out at the end of last week or whenever it was that we booked hotel rooms when we started to hear about the Friday uh, Florida game, uh, this is, you know, this is the one that I think everybody in Tallahassee would have preferred. And this is as a general, as nice a setup as, as you could hope for, uh, for Mike Norvell and his staff to, you know, take that extra step uh, that, that this fan base is so longing for. It, it was, uh, I think I told you on Thursday night, by the way, about the uh, the Friday game against UF, because I know I was on the phone with uh, with Chad and Shannon because they were driving back from Tallahassee on uh, on Friday. And then th- this weekend was just horrendously cold seven on seven. I did get to see a lot of prospects. We'll talk about that in a future show, kind of when, when all that shakes out and we'll figure out exactly who FSU uh, has a chance with, but let's go ahead and throw up on the screen here. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, that is awesome. Please do give us that like and subscribe. Give us that awesome thumbs up. If you're listening to us, well, we will make sure to keep you in mind as well. We'll read off the schedule. Uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, give us five stars. Can't give us a written review yet, but we really do appreciate those five stars. Keep us as the number one Florida State show in the country. Uh, and of course, if you have already rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, uh, you could do so again if you haven't done so in the last few months. And we always appreciate uh, that to keep that going, as well as Ingram. How do they vote for us in the uh, the, the podcast uh, awards competition? Yes, absolutely. And a big thank you. Uh, we we surged to the top of the ranks as I, uh, I thought we would have a, a strong showing and our listeners uh, just wildly blown away by the support we received. But the website is sportspodcastawards.com. Uh, voting will continue until um, until the beginning of March, so certainly a lot of time to go in and make sure that you've uh, exhausted all those alternate email addresses that you may have or, uh, you know, ones that uh, I guess you don't even really need to create a second or third email if you wanted to. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, sportspodcastawards.com, it does look like it's going to be us and a uh, Miami Hurricane podcast kind of duking it out for the top spot, so... Uh, we're fully confident that uh, we have the support to come out on top, and thank you to all of you who made your way over to sportspodcastawards.com and voted for the Nolcast in the category of Best College Sports Podcast. Dude, that is incredible. Please go Sports Podcast Awards and keep us on top. It's very important. Uh, Razor-thin lead right now, I think we have reason to believe, so uh, we will need each and every one of y'all's votes. All right, so FSU's schedule. Open against Duquesne in the Dome the next week uh, against LSU. That's the uh, Superdome there in New Orleans. Very excited to be going to that one. Bye week at Louisville on a Friday night. Host Boston College. Host Wake Forest at NC State. Host Clemson. Another bye week. Host Georgia Tech at Miami at Syracuse. Host Louisiana, that's the team Billy Napier came from. They won uh, the Sun Belt last year, and uh, they got 10 or 11 wins. And then host the Florida Gators. Okay. Uh, 
you want to get into this kind of game by game and, and just some general early thoughts, maybe some some trap spots, some spots where the opponents could be trapped. It's weird to talk about FSU as a potential trap game for somebody because the the logo still carries weight, even if the, the guys in the jerseys don't always uh, in recent years. So, yeah, um, let's get into this, man. I have a note, note for you on Duquesne. Yeah, um, I am the I've kind of carved out a niche for myself as the, hey, this game isn't a guaranteed by any means when it comes to our uh, projections percentages when we do the, uh, you know, as we get closer to the season and kind of our preseason series that we've done. Uh, this one, I mean, look, you can obviously lose any game, as we were all reminded and painfully aware of in this fan base. Uh, but this is a game that you, in all likelihood, have a 99% chance of winning. And uh, it will be one of the worst teams that you've played in a, in a long, long time. Now, look, they don't play in a great league. However, they did beat Ohio last year. Now, Ohio was weird. They had Frank Solich retire uh, early on. Or, excuse me, not early on. Very late in the year, Frank Solich retired. They, they had a, a new coach. They were still really working some things out. It was kind of a trap game for Ohio in between playing, I think, Syracuse and maybe Illinois. I'm, I'm trying to recall exactly exactly who Ohio had there early in that schedule. Um, they beat Ohio in Ohio. Uh, now, in fairness, Ohio had a 98% postgame win expectancy. It was one of the most ridiculous upsets of the year in terms of Crazy bounces, defensive touchdowns, safeties, things like that that are we, we know are not really repeatable skill. But they were able to play with, with the, an actual FBS team, even though Ohio was was one of the worst uh, Division One teams last year. Uh, they also lost to TCU, which was not a great TCU team. And recall, TCU did not really start great because of the whole Max Duggan thing early in the year, recovering from, uh, I believe, COVID. Uh, they beat them 45-3. to and then Duquesne beats Virginia Lynchburg, which I don't even know if that's FCS. That might be like a, a, a lower division game for them. 56-7, to they beat Merrimack 37-14. They squeaked out one against Bryant 39-34. They, beat, or they lost to Sacred Heart uh, 31-13. St. Francis beat them 17-10. And then Duquesne bounces back and beats LIU, which I believe is Long Island University, 34-28. Then they blank Wagner 44 to nothing, and they sneak by Central Connecticut State 31 to 27. Um, this is a team you should handle pretty easily. I can, and I can certainly understand if you want to. I cannot believe I'm saying this because of the whole Jacksonville State thing last year. But given that it's week zero, if you are trying to work some more players into the lineup to try to figure out like who actually plays well in the game, I don't really blame you for it. Um, you just need to make sure that you're prepared to actually win the game, unlike uh, last year. So, uh, yeah. Then you go to the Dome. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll certainly have time to preview all these games and we'll have a uh, a better look at it once we get through spring and see what the final portal activity looks like. But, uh Maybe a little bit of a less than 50-50 chance of winning that game is a quick from the hip uh, projection from me. I think that's fair. Uh, you know, you go, you have a good time. Uh, you hope that it, you come out on the the right side of it. You have a week to get uh, to get right, and then you jump straight into uh, 
to conference play here. And like I said, by the week five, you're going to have a great barometer as you are. Week seven uh, also provides a decent kind of uh, milestone, uh, if you want to use that, or mile marker, maybe a better phrase. Uh, but yeah, you travel to Louisville on a Friday night. It's easy to sit here and uh, use phrases like circle that game or, you know, game of great importance. But uh, game number three for Florida State is going to be a pretty good feel uh, as far as where this program is, what kind of uh, defensive philosophy you approach that game with after having one of the more disappointing showings uh, in quite a long time as far as your last year's first half performance. Uh, so you, you go, you play LSU, you see how that turns out and uh, immediately shift your focus and have, what, 13 days to get ready uh, to play or 12 game days to get ready to play in a really meaningful Louisville game. Yeah, man, I, I think that's right. Uh, just as a refresher, uh, LSU has the number two ranked transfer class uh, right now with four four-stars and uh, seven three-star transfers in the class. They, they really needed some help in the secondary uh, and reloaded there. They, they got a uh, first-team all Big 12 corner from Oklahoma State, who left after Oklahoma State's uh, defensive coordinator left. For the Buckeyes, uh, they got SEC all freshman team defensive tackle Makai Wingo uh, to transfer. I know Missouri is probably pretty annoyed uh, about that. Uh, they did get the offensive lineman who I think FSU was kind of up and down on from FIU in, in Miles Frazier. Uh, my guess is he'll probably be a starter for them. Uh, they grabbed Greg Brooks, who was a starter for Arkansas at corner, uh, and he'll probably be a starter for the Tigers. Uh, they also grabbed uh, a kid I really like. Uh, I thought FSU should have gone on. Uh, Wes Weeks, who I, I think will be a very good linebacker for them in time. Maybe not immediately. And uh, Noah Kane, who you, you might recall from IMG uh, by way of Baton Rouge in Texas. He played for Penn State, and then he was injured up there. We'll see kind of how much how much he's able to bounce back. Uh, but they certainly went out and got a, a lot of help in the transfer portal so far in Brian Kelly's tenure. We'll see how well those guys mesh. I really don't – like, how, how can you trust your priors from this LSU team, given all the crap that was going on in Baton Rouge last year with, with the head coach and that coaching staff? I mean, you could say, hey, I had this team rated as, like, the number 70 team or the number 20 team last year or whatever. Who knows, dude? They, they were so up and down. I really don't know what to expect in this game. I my, If I had to guess, I would say probably LSU is like a six or seven point favorite in the Dome. Um, but it's it's just, it's a total guess. And FSU also brought in a whole lot of transfers depending on, you know, on, on what you guys uh, think of them. So uh, then that bye week, and then like you said, at Louisville last year, so this is kind of one of those tricky games to, to remember back. So FSU lost 31-23. Uh, they were down, was it 24-0, I believe, in this thing? And then we'll always get into a debate about this. I think Louisville pulled, you know, e eased off the gas and stopped attacking. Other people don't. Uh, that's up for debate. What's not up for debate is that you didn't have Jordan Travis in this one. And, of course, if you did – Maybe it's closer early on. I don't know if the final result is actually different because, again, Louisville might have kept its foot on the gas. And uh, Malik Cunningham played extremely well last year overall, and uh, he's back. So that's that's a recurring theme you'll notice, Ingram. A lot of teams 
bringing back their quarterbacks uh, this year on FSU schedule, which is not great for uh, for Adam Fuller slash Randy Shannon's defense. We'll have to see if, the, if the, that brain trust will be able to to come up with some more stops this year. Um, certainly, I think a little bit less talented defensively than they were uh, last year with with the loss of the two defensive ends as far as, you know, high-level talent. Ooh, sorry about this. What is this? Uh, oh, Harbaugh is planning to officially interview with Minnesota on Wednesday. A man who uh, looks set on returning to Sunday ball. Uh, as we shift from one Friday oh, game. Oh, hold on. I do want to point out something. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things. I like you get the extra day of rest by playing at Louisville on the Friday because you're coming off a bye. So you have, what, 12 days to prep for this thing? Also, uh, Louisville has to go to UCF before coming back. So that will actually be the rare road trip, come home, short rest game. If I'm doing my power ratings, you get FSU off a bye, and you have Louisville off of back-to-back roadies because they're also at Syracuse and then at UCF and then come home to play a Friday game. I'm legitimately going to give an extra 0.5 to 0.75 points on the point spread for that. I think I think that's that's actually meaningful. Good thing to point out there. Um, I know so, we're probably running long. We're yeah, three games in, right. and one of them was Duquesne. That's all right. You go from Louisville uh, to uh, a Friday night game with Louisville to a Saturday game with Boston College. Boston College, you get them to come down to Tallahassee uh, during the time of year, as we're all aware. September is still. Uh, Nice, certainly has the potential to be nice and toasty uh, for any kind of visitor, particularly from the Northeast. Uh, quarterback coming back uh, in play here as well as uh, Djokovic is. Uh, it will be part of that Boston College team who comes down to play uh, Florida State. This is not uh, an absolute certain. This is one of the better you know conference games that uh, you feel confident about. I think. You know, BC, well, Georgia Tech is probably the one that you feel the most confident about, but I would say BC and Syracuse probably reside uh, right there with them. So this is one of the games that you really need to win if you're going to have a a successful season and, um, you know, uh, set you right up to to host Wake Forest. And like I said, that is your week five kind of uh, mile marker and need to be probably three and two at that point. Um, obviously four and one is a fantastic early, uh, part of the season result, but, um, I really think you'll have a a great feel for the trajectory of the program, where your recruiting momentum is, uh, when we, you know, play Saturday, uh, October 1st and that game ends, going to have a pretty good idea as to where Florida State season stands and, and what the 22 season, uh, ultimately will, will look like. And I think you have a fairly good chance. Uh, of of being three and two in that game. I mean, I I have you I have you an underdog at Louisville. Uh, I have you an underdog at LSU. Uh, Wake Forest to me is a coin flip, given that they have Hartman back, and Boston College is is kind of a weighted coin flip. If you win the Duquesne game, which you should, um, can you find a way to go two and two? I think that's that's possible. Uh, if you don't, it's probably a, a, a bit of a longer season and you're I, mean, I I think you're probably fighting for eligibility regardless um although some people will uh are already predicting apparently nine and three and eight and four so okay that's possible uh certainly within the realm of possibility 
maybe a far off realm, but some kind of realm. Uh, I want to point this out, though. So Boston College does get Maine the week before. Uh, AccuView weather says that the average temperature on September 24th in Tallahassee is high of 88. I am going to throw the BS flag on that. Anybody who went to school in Tallahassee knows uh, September 20-ish game is usually, it just feels hotter than that. Trust me. Like that just, that feels much hotter uh, than that. However, while BC has an easy game before coming to Tallahassee, Wake Forest does not. Wake Forest has a game against Clemson. Now, look, I know that Wake Forest smoked you last year. And for all the people who want to say that I'm negative, which, okay, maybe I am. And how, why can you say Louisville, you know, kind of ran you off the field? Well, they did. It was like 24 to nothing, right? Uh, before I think they let off the gas. I will tell you that the Wake Forest game, I think actually on a down-to-down basis, was largely closer than that final score indicated. You had some really kind of questionable, maybe even to say BS, uh, calls that changed that game by the officiating. And Wake Forest was definitely a better team than you were last year. Uh, I'm not going to debate that. But I will say, like, you were getting stops and moving the ball somewhat on them in that ball game. Uh, And then you had the kind of BS nonsense late hit out of bounds when the guy wasn't actually out of bounds. Right. And then you had the, was it the roughing the punter penalty where like it was, I'm trying to remember there was another one. It was just absolutely absurd. Uh, and they were, they kept drives alive and they went for 15 plus yards. And I was like, this is just kind of crazy. Like it's not, they're, they're not really that much different. So uh, that's why I don't have Wake Forest favored in Tallahassee. I know they bring back a ton of, a ton of good players. And they bring back Sam Harton. But I do think you played with – like you physically played with those guys last year better than I think a, a, a three-touchdown final score indicates. And, yes, they did burn you on two deep balls, which should be noted. But And Hartman's really good, and that offense is hard to stop, and they're extremely well coached, and they'll be very experienced. Granted, I'm just not sure physically that the difference – like I don't think they're that much better athletes than you are at most spots. Wake Forest, certainly hope not. Um, but yeah, we'll. Uh... But you're not really signing a whole lot of difference makers from recent years, so it, it, like it's not obvious that that. I mean, <laughs> no, no, you are uh, not. Signing day just happened. It was a disaster. Uh, let's be careful with uh, walking down that road again of uh, of cold reality based statements. Um, okay, so there you are through five games. You travel to NC State. Uh, look, obviously, you've got a chance to go and win that game. I don't particularly like your chances here. Uh, as I alluded in the first couple minutes, uh, you get Clemson and NC State back-to-back here uh, with the October 8th game at NC State. You host Clemson a week later. Uh, yeah, if we were talking about a team that was really contending for the Atlantic, uh, I would have a hard time facing these two teams in back-to-back weeks. That's not where you are right now. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know that you necessarily have a great chance of winning either of these games. No, you got um, physically dominated last year on both sides of the line of scrimmage. So, this is going to be a tough in both games. Tough not, little not, middle of the uh, middle of the schedule, probably to weather as a Florida State fan. But uh, you know where you stand now, and uh, we'll certainly. I'm not just glossing over these games, but you have these two really tough games sandwiched together, and then you get a bye week. 
uh, before you move into a final phase of your season that I think sets up exceptionally well for you. 100%. Uh, This stretch of quarterbacks you play with Cunningham, Dracovic, Hartman, Leary, and then I think you can argue, obviously, that that DJ, given his his overall track record, is still pretty dangerous. But last year he played poorly. So you have to kind of make up your mind as – or maybe you don't. Maybe you can just sit and watch the games uh, about how good you think he'll be. They also signed Klubnik, who is a pretty nice recruit. So you have to think that Clemson will probably have improved quarterback play this year, but there's no guarantee of that. Uh, there is almost certainly a guarantee that, that you can't physically handle them with, with what they bring on defense. So, um, you know, anyway, and NC State physically dominated, uh, dominated you last year. Almost all of their important players are back. Uh, they get both the linebackers back off injury. Uh, they, they might have the best linebacking core in the country. Uh, that could be that could be problematic. And, and to me, it's why it's very important to to find a way to go three and two in the first five because there's a, uh, a very good chance you lose those next two. And uh, three and four sounds a whole lot better than two and five. Entering the bye week three and four, you can reasonably project, hey, Got to take care of some business here, but we have a chance to make a bowl. Two and five, still have a chance to make a bowl, just uh, just tougher. So that bye week, I like the timing of this bye week, dude. I think it's – you're probably going to take some lumps in October, and then you get your nice bye week. Yeah, sets up for you well. Georgia Tech's game that I alluded to a second ago as far as probably your most favorable uh, conference game in general, probably the most favorable game you have on this schedule, to be honest with you, outside of your opener against Duquesne. Uh, Georgia Tech – has had some um, really significant defections via the portal. Obviously, most people are going to be aware of the running back who uh, went and uh, looks to have a very decent chance of being Alabama's starter next year, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, They also lost a a pretty damn good defensive tackle to the portal recently. Uh, This is not a Georgia Tech podcast. I'll make this quick. Um, Feels like they're playing out kind of the final days of the Jeff Collins uh, administration to me here in Atlanta, but uh, we'll see whether or not that comes to fruition. And, uh, you know, Georgia Tech, over the past couple times you played them, has has not been the win that maybe I'm describing it uh, as here on the schedule, but I feel fairly confident about this one before you shift your focus to two road games at Miami and Syracuse. I'd like you to turn your attention to the, uh, um, the final five games for Jeff Collins of this season, but also maybe of his career there in Atlanta. If you look to the screen at Georgia tech at Vatech, Miami <laughs> at UNC at Georgia, and a little travel 65 miles uh, east to Athens. Yeah. Also, uh- also they open with Clemson and we know that Dabo does not like Jeff Collins mm. and wants to put it on him. Yep. Then they also have to face Old Miss and UCF, UCF in the Nod Conference. I think did I texted you about a month ago, and I was like, "Hey, have you looked at uh, what Georgia Tech's Nod Conference is next year?" I mean, it's just How whatever AD scheduled in? this. Uh, good lord! I mean, FSU schedules stupid, by the way, too. Like, yeah. you should oh, they be do. doing. You should be playing three cupcakes if you're going to play an SEC Nod Conference opponent, in addition to a Power Five schedule. But they don't. You know, they end up playing Louisville, or you know Louisiana, which is one of the best G5s, and also LSU. So, you know, if you swap their schedule with, like, Miami's schedule, I'm probably a win and a half higher, maybe two wins higher, legitimately. Um, 
How many games is Georgia Tech favored in? Western Carolina? Two. You think they're favored at UCF? No. They're favored at home over Duke. That's that, Those are the two for me. Uh, are they Virginia, favored at home over UVA? Because I think uh, UVA might really suck. Yeah, uh, Virginia could be a, a toss-up. Maybe yeah. they're favored. No more than three, certainly. That's like, I mean, I'm not saying Jeff Collins has done a good job there. I, I've been a little disappointed in how they've recruited, but good God. Even if he had done a good job, it, it wouldn't you wouldn't notice it. Not with that schedule. That's that's even tougher than FSU's schedule. Um. All right. Sorry about that little tangent there. Um, yeah, they lost. Uh, hold on. The the name uh, Jared Ivy for them is the name of the kid who uh, who they lost, and that's a fairly big deal uh, because you guys might be aware of this, but FSU's offensive line is not always considered a strength by some publications. And for them to lose Jared Ivy, pulling up his numbers here, um, that's a that's a fairly big deal uh, to lose them. Not only that, but to a team they play. Mm-hmm. He's going to Ole Miss. Yeah. So Georgia Tech here, let me pull up Ivy's numbers. I think he was their potentially their best returning uh, defender. Yeah. So uh, Jared Ivy. Uh, listed as 1.5 sacks, but uh, 16 pressures and uh, led the team, I believe, for guys who had at least 200 snaps, uh, pass, pass rushing with an 8% pressure rate uh, and is credited with 10 uh, incompletions or interceptions caused, uh, which also leads the team. Um, speaking of Georgia Tech, absolutely horrendous at drawing penalties for holding. That's uh, the leading guy to draw like to, to cause holding penalties on our defensive line had two mm. on the year. That's that that'll that'll probably get a unsportsmanlike from the coach flag if they don't get a couple more calls there. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Jared Ivey also uh, tied for the team lead in tackles for loss uh, with nine. That's just tough, man. To, to lose a guy like that when you don't really recruit at a super high level. Anyway, um, yeah, I have FSU. There is a chance, chance FSU is a double-digit favorite in that game. Depending on how things go. And they could be, they could have quit by then. I mean, if they start, let's say they don't win uh, all three of the games they're favored in. Like, let's say they lose to Duke or UVA, then they're, They're two and five at that point. Going to be tough. Going to be tough at Georgia Tech. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of resilient uh, attitude currently coming out of that program, but, uh, you know, certainly. They do have a Thursday game, by the way, before FSU. So they will come out. Like, this is the one situation where the opponent has a little bit of uh, of extra rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay. November 5th, travel to Coral Gables. Oh, uh, that'll be fun. That'll be an awful lot of fun. Miami fans certainly have, uh, will have had this one on their schedule for about 364 days to think about. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily like your chances immediately, but, uh, you know, go down there and play the game, see how it turns out. And, uh, you know, look, that would be a fantastic win, but one of the games that, 
you know, probably one of the two or three games is from a percentage standpoint uh, that you're the least likely to win. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Um, they also get two pretty cushy games before this. That They get Duke and UVA. Uh, I project Duke and UVA to be the two worst teams in the conference uh, probably by a lot. So while they don't get a bye week before, uh, they, they certainly get, uh, I mean, the well, the probably the two worst teams in the ACC, and, and then they get FSU at home. Uh, so I, I, I would have Miami favored in that game. Um, yeah, but not not an unwinnable game, I guess. You just got to see, got to see how it goes. There, um, they won't be like twenty point dogs unless the wheels somehow totally come off, which is unlikely. And then you go, uh, then you go to Syracuse, man. To Syracuse in the uh, dome that's named after a air conditioning company. Uh, yeah, this kind of cements that you have no cold weather games here on the schedule. Syracuse is a interesting situation themselves. You don't know what they're going to be at this point in the season. I think it's kind of easy chatter to look at programs and talk about, hey, will this team acquit? Will this team acquit? Uh, but, you know, Syracuse at that point. Uh, It'll be senior day, right? Because they, they, their last two games after that are, are roadies. Yeah. So, you know, senior and emotional day inside the Carrier Dome. Uh, I say that dripped in sarcasm. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see. I, I personally think this is uh, a place where you have to win if you're going to have a, a decent season from a Florida State perspective. Uh, whether you win the Miami game, lose it, you got to flush that from your system. Focus on these next two games that are. Uh, you know, both both winnable, but, uh, you know, by no means a toss-up or by no means a guaranteed thing uh, at all when you're talking about Syracuse and Louisiana. And if you could win these two games here, uh, get to six, possibly seven prior to the Florida game, uh, that would be massive and, you know, kind of two, two must-win games, in my opinion, uh, you know, sandwiched between uh, the two interstate rivals. I would agree with that. Uh, I will say a couple things here. Number one, they they do get the backpack and, and the quarterback Schrader. They, they had a lot of success with, with the QB run game stuff last year. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how, how that goes for, for Q's. Um, I should have noted, by the way, that Georgia Tech uh, got a quarterback that a couple people I know are fairly excited about named uh, Zach Gibson, who was playing for Akron. And, of course, Akron was horrendous last year, and they fired their coach, and now they have Joe Moorhead as the coach. Uh, but if you go and look at the numbers, everybody else who wasn't Zach Gibson when they played quarterback for Akron, and I think he got hurt a little bit because their offensive line was, I mean, just like a fire hazard. Uh, they were horrendous, and his numbers were okay. So it is possible that Georgia Tech gets a step up in quarterback play. Um, if It seems like Jeff Sims at this point will, will be their floor, um, and they may be able to upgrade over him. However, uh, they also have a, a team coming in, as you noted, in Louisiana. I don't really know what Louisiana's going to look like this year, man. They lost a whole lot of guys to the transfer portal. Um, I don't have an updated roster on them yet. I looked. I don't think they've put out a roster for spring yet. If they have, I, I, I missed it. I don't know what to expect from these guys. It probably won't be better than they were last year. And interestingly, last year... Uh, they they won the conference. Their power ratings didn't totally match up with what they were. Like it felt like they were kind of lucky in a couple games, 
but they also had some very impressive performances. Like they're they're not a bad um, you know Sun Belt team. They they are obviously FBS. It's D one, not like one of these FCS uh, squads. And uh, Florida took their coach as as well as a you know a number of transfers out. Um, I don't know. Like I really don't know what to what to expect. Their schedule yet to be determined, so uh, hard for us to get a feel exactly as to what they will be you know, coming off of. I do think that this is a better team than some are categorizing in the fan base, just as they're immediately responding to the schedule. Um, but still a game that if I were to give you some kind of you know, percentage just off the cuff, I would say that I think Florida State's got somewhere around a 65% chance of winning or something like that. So a game that uh, that you'll, you will be favored in. You need to win, as I said earlier, uh, if you want to have a successful season. And um, come travel, uh, you travel to Syracuse, come back to Tallahassee, uh, host Louisiana, and then uh, immediately shift your, you know, pivot your focus to a uh, six-day rest game against Florida. Uh, here's who they lost in the portal. Starting tackle Cameron Waits to the Gators. Uh, I believe starting guard Osiris Torrance to the Gators. Uh, Both those guys are rated as four-star transfers. I guess we'll see on that. Uh, Montreal Johnson, four-star transfer rating running back to the Gators. Uh, Imani Bailey, four-star rated transfer running back to TCU. Uh, Makai Williams-Garner, who we gave three stars to, high three stars, who transferred to LSU. And then um, receiver Kyron Lacey, who we have not actually put a grade on yet because he literally just jumped in the portal, uh, but LSU already took him. So, look, you may agree or disagree with some of these transfer grades. What I will tell you, though, oh, and they lost uh, uh, Kobe Hilton, one of their other starting safeties, uh, to UTEP. Um, It is almost impossible for a team like Louisiana to lose one, two, three, four, five scholarship players to the portal to Florida and LSU, plus another starter to TCU, and not have a significant drop-off, in addition to losing their head coach. I, There's a chance they take a, a really big step back. I don't know that. I think they've run a good program. It's just hard for me to tell. I just, I'm playing the odds here. My guess is that they take a pretty good step back. Florida, I mean, uh, you know, interesting that all these kids that we just talked about leaving the Louisiana program in the portal to Florida. Um, I guess it's interesting that you're playing a Friday night game. I mean, that certainly is a TV-directed occurrence. Um, very tough on our, uh, you know, friends in the local economy, our great partners with Madison Social. I feel for them having a Friday game against Florida is a, a real toughie uh, as far as, you know, students being on campus, et cetera, et cetera. Not that they would be on campus, but you would just get more people back uh, on a Saturday than you would a Friday. But it's a Friday game. It's set up for TV. It's just the world that we live in in 2022. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's where you are. Friday, Black Friday night game uh, in all likelihood against Florida. I mean, I, I think, I think I agree with you there on that, that I don't know. It, it's hard for me to spin it, that, that this is the positive. This is kind of the one thing about the schedule I don't like. Um, like you said, it's hard for the students to get back. Tallahassee is not an easy place to get to at all. 
Um, it's it's a full day's trip. So are you going to rush home for Thanksgiving and then get back in your car and, and leave at like 7 a.m. to get back in time for the game so you can tailgate some if you live in – what's Tampa? In, inland Tampa is kind of more four hours. If, if you live closer to the coast, four and a half, you know, plus day after Thanksgiving traffic is probably not going to be light. Uh, you know, if you're in Miami, that's eight and a half. If you're down there like Fort Myers, Naples, it's going to be a solid six. Uh, Orlando's three and a half ish, four. Um, you know, Atlanta, obviously, you, you make that drive plenty. That sucks to get back for. And if they're not going to have a great season, you got to imagine like like fewer students are going to make this than normal. Well, Friday, I mean, you just, you know. You leave Tallahassee on a Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, see your family, turn right around and come back on Friday. It's just tough logistically. And, you know, it's one of those things that if you're, if you're, you know, a nine-win team hosting Florida, then people get over it. People make, you know, help people get up and leave the Thanksgiving table halfway through, if that's the case, uh, to go see a, a an elite-level Florida State team playing. But, you know, where the program is right now, it's going to be hard uh, on the fan base and certainly, like I said, hard on our friends and the – the local economy. So uh, always important to support them whenever possible. And um, yeah, that is, that is what it is. It's a black Friday game. It'll be, uh, you know, interesting to see what kind of TV number that draws uh, as it'll be, you know, one of the more marketable products that you have during that window of time where this, you know, whole collective country kind of just lays on the couch and watches football for 48 hours. Had they ever played this game on a Friday? Like, is this the first time in the series history? Not in, not in the modern era. No, I mean, I, I, I knew that. Uh, well, no, I know, I don't think. I was going to call my folks and ask if they ever remembered like having to turn right back around. You know. Yeah. Um, but none of the n- none of the dates uh, that are are listed on, on Winspedia. Uh, can I can I find it? I don't think. Um, look. The ACC gets three Friday night games guaranteed per year, I believe. Last year, they played somebody on a Friday night, right? Within the league? Who did they play last year? I remember watching this. Was it Vatek and and, uh, and UVA? Yeah, I mean, that would... That seems right to me, but... Let me look here. Scores... I got to say, like, I felt like we, we did some pretty good prepared podcasting this week. Uh, but this question, I, I didn't really think I'll look up yet. <laughs> uh, so that was... Been week 13, November right? November 27th, that was a Saturday game. All right. So, uh, oh, NC State UNC was the day after Thanksgiving. Okay. If they're going to do it to the Tar Heels, they'll do it to you. That's just kind of how the league schedule works out. No, I kind of doubt this becomes a, a routine thing for you. Uh, there's only so many asks you can make. They probably got to pick when their bye weeks were, or at least you know requested it. They didn't have to play uh, Clemson immediately after they played LSU, which is a huge win for them. I'm sure Clemson didn't really want to do that uh, necessarily where they are in their schedule either. Um, you know, it, it is what it is with the TV deal. I don't think you had a whole lot of control over it. And no, I wouldn't really expect it to be uh, that way next year, but I could be wrong. Maybe ESPN likes it so much they decide to to put it in Gainesville. I, I don't mean this as a slight on Gainesville uh, or 
basically saying like we should put it on Saturday in Tallahassee and Friday in Gainesville. However, logistically, as far as allowing fans to get to the games, which I know TV doesn't really care about all that much, but if they did, um, I mean, honestly, it's much easier to get to Gainesville from almost all points in the state uh, than it is to Tallahassee. So if you wanted to, like playing on, on Fridays, Friday nights in Gainesville, maybe more Saturday during the day uh, in Tallahassee, to me, would be a decent trade-off. I'm sure Florida fans would, would totally disagree with that, and I don't blame them. Uh, it's probably not really fair to them. But just from a pure travel standpoint for fans, uh, it's also not going to be easy for Gators fans to get to Tallahassee on Friday. No, no, it's not. I mean, it's a tough, that's, a, that's just a toughie in general. And uh, I know TV isn't too concerned about attendance, but, uh, you know, certainly the, you know, the atmosphere and all those things are, you know, that of what makes a good TV product. And uh, we'll just have to see. I, I personally think this is a little bit of a dicey road we're walking down, but that's, uh, you know, where we are as far as college football and the beholden nature that it has with uh, with certain networks and, and TV in general. And, you know, it, we can sit here and bemoan it. And uh, it was not a, when we talked about it at the end of last week, I was, God, it wasn't a, a great, I, <laughs> I didn't think it was a great idea then. And I don't think it is now, but it is what it is. It's set, schedule set, and uh, Florida State will get ready to host Florida on a Friday night. Dude. All right. Bowl game? Um, I certainly think a, a bowl game is a expectation at a minimum with this schedule. Uh, you really, you really need to be at six wins minimum going into the Friday night game that we just discussed, if not seven. Yeah. Would you bet your car on it? I love my car, bud. Um, I, <laughs> I would... know. I, 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 I'm trying. I'm trying to gauge your confidence level after seeing this, like. Is this uh oh bet that I, bottle of scotch that Shannon Chad sent you? Yeah, or is it yeah. more of a car on I, it? I would I would I would feel fairly comfortable. I mean, absent wild things that cannot be foreseen. Um I would uh, you know, obviously I'd love to check in with you after the final round of portal activity here. Uh but I in my heart of hearts, I expect Florida State to go to a bowl game this year. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. I, I think so. I, if I'm Vegas, I'm I'm putting this at six. I think with like a little juice to the over, or maybe six and a half juice under. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Portal will uh, will likely determine it, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I will note this last thing before we go, or at least last thing for me. People are like, oh, as long as Jordan tra- stays healthy for all twelve games, this is an eight win schedule. That is not and has never been a realistic expectation given who he is as a player, both in terms of the style with which he plays and how long it seems to take him to get over injuries and how much practice we know he misses. If you're projecting Florida State with 12 games of Jordan Travis, I believe you're making a mistake in projections. It's like when you do fantasy baseball, I probably shouldn't give this away because you know, I know we got some some guys in the uh, the can't call it tomahawk fantasy baseball league. Uh, like you're not going to project a catcher to have 690 at bats. It just doesn't. T- to me, that's kind of how you have to do this. Anyway, um, pretty much what I got, man. The schedule's kind of 
kind of a gift given who you played. Sets up well for you. Um, need to, you know, take advantage of, uh, of a fairly friendly structure here. And uh, hopefully it is. Hopefully it's Mike Norvell and staff uh, getting seven regular season wins, going to a bowl game. You know, bowl games at this point are a flip of the coin, but uh, going to a bowl game as a seven-win team and, and fully being able to sell momentum on the trail, being able to show continued progress to uh, those that support the program, and, um, you know, this these set of games that we've discussed and this helmet schedule that uh, everybody will look at over the next six or seven months as we make our way through the, the lean time of the college football schedule uh, has given Mike Norvell and his staff a staff that was cemented uh, <clears throat> with contracts today, as we alluded to in the previous show, um, every opportunity in the world to, uh, to continue their climb and uh, you know, continue to try to build upon what has been a, a little bit of a shaky first two years in Tallahassee. All right, man. I uh, will see you. I don't know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, somewhere. Uh, we should probably recap National Signing Day. Uh, yeah, That's we probably joke, should. But, It'll be quick. Uh, uh, in fact, will... that moment of pause you just gave may have done it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um. I guess it. Uh, Dugan's confirmed. That's we've talked about that. Now, I think for two weeks now. They they didn't they didn't find anybody better. And like we, we know they're actively searching. Still no GM. I think the Oregon State guy, uh, Derek Ray, is uh, is certainly in play. I'll say that. Interesting. Okay. A name to uh, watch for as always. If you get a chance to support us on uh, Spotify. Apple Pod, whatever it may be, uh, support all our, our wonderful sponsors. Uh, it is greatly appreciated. Sportspodcastawards.com is the website if you wish to go and give us that extra vote. And uh, from Bud, myself, everybody else associated with the Nolcast, uh, we'll be back with you either later on in the week or uh, during the weekend for another episode. But for now, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening.